0: Hello out there. This is Pamela Fagan Hutchins, I'm a mystery writer and a video caster podcaster. You found my show, Wine, Women in Writing. And this is, this is where I like to talk with writers about their female characters. I'm a sucker for an authentic, complex, flawed woman and the authors that write them. So hopefully we'll get some good stories about those kinds of things from our author today, a little later in the show. I do also want to encourage you guys to give me some tips because I'm heading to Sweden next week. It's my first visit and I want to know what to pack and what to see. So y'all, y'all hit me up on that. And I also, I never do this, but I've got a new release this week. Switchback, (laughs) ebook, audiobook, paperback. That's all I'm going to say. Last but not least, before I, I bring our guest in, um, As you can tell, I'm a big fan of women in writing. If you are too, there's lots of ways to support women in writing, Uh, get their books, read them, recommend them, review them. If you feel like this show is something that is also a part of that promotion, feel free to go to my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com, click the podcast link. There you can do three things. You can subscribe free of charge to the show, automatically delivered to your RSS device of choice. And you can pitch to be on it if you're an author. And lastly, you can subscribe for as little as a dollar an episode. If you do, I'm gonna give you a shout out. So today, without further ado, that shout out goes to Spencer Miller and Nikki Metch, our my two newest um, supporters. So thank you so much for supporting Women in Writing. And while you're out at that website, you can check out my USA Today best-selling mysteries as well. But enough about me and enough about the show. Let's do this thing. My guest today is Carrie Ann King, and she's here to talk about her new novel, which I loved. Five-star review, by the way. I gave given two five-star reviews this year. She got one of them. And the novel is Everything You Are. Welcome. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here, too. We've kind of been bumping into each other <laughs> for a while now without ever really interacting um and so it's wonderful for me to get to meet you
1: yeah me too it's so fun to get to hear your voice and see how you actually you
0: know pictures are not the same as live and this is they They really aren't so you guys um carrie lives in a super awesome place you were telling me earlier mountains 40 acres rocks and trees i mean exotically cool it's
1: very cool we uh we have we got into having this conversation, mind you, because internet at my house is not good, so it's not an exotic <laughs> idea actually maintain an office where I come down and do things that require uh internet things, which is good because it gives me a break from my biking also um we love each other, but you know it focus right. <laughs> Um, yeah, we have uh, mountains and trees. We had a mountain lion in our yard one morning. Oh, cool. Well, it was, it was one of those freaky moments. It was early. I was getting up and walking by and I did that complete double take of, oh my God, what is that? And it was so beautiful. We just all st- stood there and stared at it for quite
0: a while. I, I love it when nature blesses us with its presence and, you know, that you really stop and go, this is why I live out yeah. in the boonies. Yeah. Yeah. Now, not only does she live in a really cool place, but she's also—I want to call it—multiple personality disorder. <laughs> You've got multiple author pseudonyms. You've got multiple things that you do in your author world. Tell us a little bit about this this grab bag of Carrie. The grab bag of Carrie. Okay, so me, authentic, I'm always me, no
1: matter who I'm being, it's just little fragments, facets (laughs) of, of the me, right? Um, my, I'm really Carrie Schaefer that really is my name and as Carrie Schaefer I write fantasy and paranormal mystery and I'm super excited about that Pamela because I just got some rights back and I'm uh, um, in the process of re-releasing Indie um, a series that I adore that is seriously underread. and I'm hoping to I, anyway I'm super excited about that so dead before dying is now available ebook and audio and going to be um, print shortly under my new cover and yes series name or is that the, the That's lead the book. first book the series yeah, name is Shadow Valley Manor Mysteries. Shadow Valley Manor. Okay. um they may... super strong female lead that is turning 60. She's older. It's kind of Mrs. Polifax meets Amelia Peabody meets uh I don't know um <laughs> I'm trying to the words are going out of my head anyway it's fun. <laughs> And it's a little scary and there's a cast of characters that is uh quirky and awesome and
0: it's just so much fun. So okay, cool. So if I forget that, I'm gonna email you because I've got to make (laughs) it and so then in your other persona, your other author persona, the Carrie Ann King, um, that you're here today, you write more, what would you call it?
1: um well technically it's women's fiction is the genre um psychological drama probably mm-hmm. family drama I was just discussing this with my viking this morning is they, my books tend to fall a little bit between um really extremely emotional and dramatic and a little bit more light and fluffy and lit, and they're they kind of fall I like to bring in humor and really really strong issue driven um fiction and kind of wind those things together with some Characters usually,
0: so that's very fun for me. I love that you do that. Yeah. And so, with your okay, I have to ask, Viking. <laughs> I'm getting a picture of someone large that loves the water, with a lot of facial hair. Is this close? Two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> Not crazy
1: about the water. <laughs> <laughs> we have the facial hair and he is, yes, a large blustery, um, a totally uh, soft in the middle of man who I adore um we do have a tugboat by the way
0: but it's on land not in the water so what do you use a land a land-based tugboat for it, might i ask it is so freaking cool we, <laughs> had
1: to, we had to get it because i mean tugboat right <laughs> in the mountains <laughs> it's, it's on our property overlooking the draw actually um my bud king is also the um, son of an architect and he's mm. very, very creative and he is going to transform it into a little place a hangout place where I can go sit and write or we can sit and have a cup of coffee or whatever. So we have plans for a big deck and a roof and you know all kinds of things out there. So,
0: so there might be like some kind of like fantasy with you know the the mountains and water and boats and <laughs> mythical creatures, Vikings or something in it if you write it there. Who knows what muse will hit you? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so- Sorry. And then you
1: asked about all myself. So my other, my other self is still a Carrie Schaefer thing, but I also do um, writer mindset coaching. So really just getting that shift toward um, not being at war with your inner critic. I I really am opposed to that whole idea of silencing and shutting up your inner critic. I I did a web search the other day and I was actually appalled at how many um, blog posts there are about that. And really, you guys, it's part of you that voice inside you, it's you. So if you're trying to shush it, silence it, then you're at war with yourself. So I'm really all about making peace with your inner critic, forming an alliance and working together because there's stuff there that will help you instead of sapping your energy by totally trying to shut it down. So
0: I love that. And now is that you recently, you did a cruise. I did.
1: I, I want to hear about the cruise. That. Did you
0: did you, did you do that um that kind of coaching on the cruise is that i of-
1: i did get to speak on the cruise primarily the cruise um we had alexandra sokolov on the cruise and if you don't know this lovely woman who writes thrillers also she has a really awesome um writing approach that i love um and usually i don't like anybody's writing approaches it's built off of um movie stuff so very cool and that would that was great but i did get to speak on um basically working with your inner editor we called it editor instead of critic and also a little bit about mindset and marketing for writers because that's a really big thing for me um if you can get past that i have to i hate this i'm scared i suck at it then you're open to something that might work for you whereas otherwise we just tend to go really small and not do anything right because it's too yeah, overwhelming.
0: exactly. the fear of failure it's bigger yeah. to me than the fear of missing out you know yeah. it's yes. the big one now, and you also, and this is how you and I started to orbit into each other, yeah. <laughs> podcast on yeah. creativity. Um, and so that's pretty cool.
1: It's, it's super fun. I, um, I had been thinking about doing a podcast. And when um, Pam Stack asked me if I wanted to do a podcast with authors on the air, it was like this opportunity of... <laughs> it was one of those, oh my God moments where am I really going to do this? And it's like, yeah, okay. But I told her, I'm just going to do like really short and I'm just going to talk a little bit. And it's just going to be me and I'm not interviewing anybody she's like, okay, and then she just kept nudging me, you know, there's this person you would love to interview, It'd be so- anyway, it is, it's so much fun, I love meeting the authors that I meet, and reading books that I never would have read, and just talking to people that I never expected were going to come across my path, um, and learning from them, new creative stuff, so
0: fantastic. I found that I I am more effective and more time managed when I try to stuff this kind of thing into, like, I thought I had no time. Oh, Pam, I can't do this. I can't do this. Okay. I'll do it once a month. Okay. You know, that kind of thing. And it's like, I can do as much as I need to, if I just eliminate some of the, you know, stuff that doesn't matter.
1: Right. Well, and that's a really interesting, um, I just actually, I read it a while ago, but I'm working my way through again, a book called the big leap. I keep preaching this, everybody, by the way, (laughs) Um, and, I, and I think I'm going to do something as coaching, just uh, facilitating a read and work through of this book. Um, the Big Leap is about our upper limits and self-sabotage and the things that get in our way. And there's a whole chapter on there where he has this belief that time comes from us. We make as much time as we need to do the things that we really want to need to do. And it's fascinating way at looking at that whole, I don't have time problem, right?
0: Because we do. We <laughs> yeah, have we usually have more than we think. And yeah. I personally have just discovered that I love Carrie. So there you go. I love Carrie. Oh yeah. <laughs> right, I gotcha. Um, yeah. and I love everything you are. So let's switch gears and talk about the book. The book released really recently. Um, um the
1: official release I mean. is October 1st, but it was an Amazon first reads um in September. So.
0: Congratulations on that. You. That's so super and deserved. This was a great book, and I had read um, Whisper Me This, and I really enjoyed it. And I read this book not knowing what to expect because you know she writes standalones um, in the women's fiction space, right? And so I was just blown. And in fact, I was reviewing it and I was trying to decide what adjectives to use. You know, it's a very lyrical, almost literary, um, you know, psychological suspense or psychological drama book, but women's fiction, and It is so embedded in music, in dreams, in a little bit of practical magic, or a little bit of fantasy, if you will. It was just lovely. So thank you for writing that book. Thank you for all of that. I love to hear this. You're welcome. welcome. So now, okay, so it's very richly imagined. It's very original. And um, where'd you come up with this? How did this one
1: come Uh, up You know... That question always kind of blows me away because my characters write the books, Mm -hmm. largely. So I had an idea, my very, very, very first little glimpse of this book was a character um, with a cello Um, which I immediately went do you really have to play the cello it's the only instrument that I really haven't touched don't know anything about right so yes definitely it was going to be the cello and the cello then spoke up and said I want to have a voice in all of this I want to have a little bit of a a soul and and a will so that's where it all started and then things just kept shifting and shifting as characters came on board and yeah I don't know that that's all I can tell you it kind of was one of those had a mind of its own books <laughs>
0: so that you thought of a character and the, and then that cello hijacked it and said I'm a character too in fact yeah. I'm really the most important character um the um character that came to you was it fee no yeah, okay so it was <laughs> Actually, the first character
1: in this book is the teenage girl, girl. um, (laughs) Ali. Ali was the first character and when I first started writing this book, Ali was actually a lot older Um, And in that version of the book where I first started looking at it, she was taking care of her alcoholic father and her younger brother who had had a brain injury and she was in the middle of these two. It was very complicated and um, one of my awesome uh, writer friends, Heather Webb, I love you. You guys, you read her books, she's fabulous also. Heather said, you know, it's too complicated. You can't do all of this. And then I started looking at it and when I was writing, it was in the wrong place. And I decided I had to go back in time. And then it just made sense that um, actually Allie was a teenager at the time and everything was happening around her. So,
0: yeah. And, and that does not sound linear. That sounds like a very free flow creative process to me. Like this was the writing of this book and then over here and over here. Um, tell us back up and for those that didn't read the book and, and if you didn't i gave you plenty of chances <laughs> that. i've been telling you for weeks you should read the book and that we were going to talk about it but it's okay you can still read it give us a little teaser and um and then sh- for those that are video casting with us you can show off that cover I'll okay that. oh i'm going to show you the cover right now i oh, love this cover you and, and if, you if people don't always notice
1: so i'm going to point it out it actually is the shape of a cello oh my gosh
0: with the with the sound holes right there so super creative isn't that cool so if you're podcasting with us go out to amazon right now and and type in everything you are and you'll get to pull up the cover and you'll be able to see the cello shape so give us the teaser
1: so the teaser this is really a story about three people whose lives revolve around a cello who had which which who (laughs) Has some kind of magical powers. So our main character is Fi, who is the granddaughter of a somewhat mysterious lucher who um, created instruments, violins, cellos. Um, some of them with some very sort of secret mystical juju and the cello is one of those he passed all of this on to his granddaughter Fee as a matter of fact had her kind of sign for inheriting his job before she knew what she was getting herself into the thing is for Fee there's a curse attached to some of these instruments like this cello if it isn't played by the person that it belongs to bad things are likely going to happen so then we could that leads us to Brayden who is a world-class cellist, has been, was a child prodigy, got this cello when he was 12, signed his contract, and then some years back has had an injury to his hands and been unable to play. And since that time when he stopped playing, everything has fallen apart for him. He's an alcoholic, he's separated from his wife and his children. Um, His life is just basically in shambles as the book begins only to be exacerbated by another tragedy, finding out that his wife and his son have been killed in an accident, um, where he then needs to reconnect with his teenage daughter, Allie, um, who also plays the cello and is very uh, troubled um, and has some guilt around what happened with her parents. So there's a little bit of a mystery about what happened and um, it kind of plays from there. Everybody needs to come to terms with their calling basically um what they're called here to do and make peace with that in
0: some way yeah it was it was interesting to me as i read it that it's so satisfyingly multi-genre that it if you are a person that thinks i don't read women's fiction or i don't read fantasy or i don't read mystery it's not any one of those things it's a little of all of it, yeah. and what it is, is a story. It's a really good story with this magical cello at the center. So I found it super fascinating for that reason. Now, the characters then basically just come to you. You're doing your daily life and one of them knocks on your head and says, I've got a story for you, listen up here, lady. Or- that,
1: that's, that's usually how it starts. And even you know, if I sit down, like my, my newest book, the one that I'm working on right now, um, when I sat down to brainstorm, what am I gonna write? Yeah, that's what usually comes to me is a character with a problem. Um, that, that's usually how it begins. And then the character starts talking to me and I start exploring the problem and then ask, well, who else is in your world? And then the other characters pop in and then we start, then we start kind of plotting and it goes from there. But yeah, it pretty
0: much always starts with character. Do you do any actual, um, you know, Fingers to keyboard or pencil to paper plotting or do you follow the muse?
1: Um, I, I follow the muse, but I have what I call signposts. So I got from um, my current method. I'm going to look at Al- Alexandra Sokolovs because I, I like what she, what she was saying. But um, I do a thing that I got from uh, a guy named James Scott Bell, who's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have 12 signpost scenes that have to happen in a book. And one of them is mid stakes raise and the, you know, the, and the, from one world into the next, there's all these kinds of things that I'm looking for, but I start writing with my character and then I kind of watch for, well, I'm at this point in the book, this thing needs to happen. What form is that going to take? Um, So that's, that's kind of the plotting that I do. Although, as you know, if a book is under contract, or to get the book under contract, (laughs) you have to write a synopsis.
0: (laughs) So, Sorry for laughing, but that's like always the nightmare. It's like, you want me to sum it up? <laughs> yeah, well, especially for those of us who are not plotters, because
1: you're at the beginning of the book, you don't know all this stuff yet. I don't know my characters, and I'm going to create this storyline that kind of makes sense. So fortunately, my current editor, Jody knows me. So she just knows. She's like, you're just giving me an idea of what you're going to do, and I, I see that, and I'm good with it. So. <laughs> The caveat is this is all subject to change. Yeah. All subject to change.
0: Yeah. <laughs> As of right now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So what are you working on now? Are you working on things in the women's fiction world? Are you going back over to your I'm doing everything? That's the
1: that's the thing.
0: <laughs> the awesome part about um, currently
1: not being um, employed by anybody other than myself I, because I, I can make time. So, my current thing is I'm working on developmental edits for next summer's um, Lake Union women's fiction book, which is called A Borrowed Life. Borrowed. Um, A Borrowed Life.
0: Borrowed. Okay. Borrowed. 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 Gotcha.
1: Yes it features a a middle-aged woman who is very controlling very religious um pastor husband has just died and she is looking to um really recover herself and find a new life for herself so she realizes that she's been living a borrowed life that's where that title came from that the life she's been living is really not her own um and there's some fun things that fun things that happen in there the the fun dynamic for me with that one is her adult daughter wants to keep her the same and not allow her to change so the conflict really revolves around those two um as always in my books there's also a you know a little romantic subplot because i love the romantic subplot and then i i have a new idea which i'm working up and pitching and hopefully um, my publisher is going to want that one so i can't talk about that yet because it's <laughs> And um, I am uh, currently in the works of revising the second book in my Shadow Valley series, uh, so I can get that up on ebook. And then I'm going to write a new Shadow Valley mystery as
0: Carrie Schaefer, so. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Um, The, um, uh, blanked out, but I I am very, very intrigued by the plot line with um, The Borrowed Life for next year. I think that's going to be cool. I like a little mother-daughter tension myself. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I could, well, having read w- women's fiction from you before, definitely the romantic subplots are there, but I could have told you guys that she would have them just by reading her, bi- her bio. Just the way she calls her husband the Viking with so much attention. <laughs> it's like, there's a romance in her life. How does she not include the dynamic of love in her book? She, the answer is she can't help it.
1: I, I can't. And, you know, thing about the Viking and the borrowed life actually is a little close to home for me because I did grow up in a very, um, very strict religious background, which I have stepped out of. And I did lose my um, husband uh, just before I turned 40. So there were some elements of that book that were very close to home. Um, and I did. When I met the Viking, yeah, it, it was a whole new, you know, a whole new life. And um, he is. Um, my I it's funny what do you what do you call somebody that you're not married to anymore because they're dead right I mean sorry
0: (laughs) I I don't know that it has a name
1: but you can't you can't call him your ex I I sort of call him my dearly deceased sometimes but um he did not you you love
0: them they're they're still they're a loved person you know it's
1: But um, he was not a reader. So he was not a supporter of my, um, of my writing. uh, And he was a musician. So there are some things in Everything You Are that actually came from that life, because I understand that obsession with music. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) You've lived that. So I'm hearing some things that you've lived here before that are appearing in your books that I, I love are coming out. And, and so when you're putting your characters together and you're, you're creating those, the dualities, the flaws and the beautiful parts that make us human, um, do you find that you pull from people you know in your life? Are you a researcher or do you a studier of people or, or how does it work for you?
1: Oh, I'm always a studier of people. I, I research if I have to, it's not my favorite thing. I like to make stuff up, really honestly. My favorite thing is to make stuff up, but I do research for details when I need them. Um, I am also a mental health counselor um, and a nurse, and I have worked in a lot of different environments with a lot of different people. I've also been a crisis mental health worker. So I, when you're working with somebody in crisis, they're wide open and you see these dynamics so clearly. And so um, when I build my characters, they're not based on really anybody in particular, they're just Mm -hmm. things that I've seen, observed, felt, been emotionally impacted by. And yeah, I bring in little bits of myself into every character because, I look at the character and I think, well, if I were this person in this situation, how would I feel? How would I react? And then I can bring in some little life elements that make them more grounded, more real and more alive. So I, I always do that. that.
0: And I totally, I now remember that I'd seen somewhere about your background with crisis and, um, you know, etc. And that makes total sense. You know, when we think about what it is that makes us turn pages, it's not that someone is living the most perfect you know, peaceful life, it's the crisis that they're experiencing, the escalating crisis, the escalating tension. And that, of course, means you have to be a a somewhat of a student or expert in how people react under pressure and stress. Right. Right. it's interesting. When I was out leaving a review for your book today, seeing some people talking about that there was some foul language in the book. And I thought, and, and first of all, I think those people don't read books, they go out and look for reasons to leave reviews. I've had those as well, where it's like, you didn't even But anyway, I digress. I loved that in your book, Fee was raw and she was real. And so, you know, so is Brayden. But I loved that you got the unfiltered truth. You didn't feel like a character was hiding and pretending for you and trying to put on a a mask or a role. And so if that's your jam, guys, you'll really love this book because these characters, um, you feel their pain and you feel also their hope.
1: Yeah, and, and I would like to point that out because this book, it is, it is emotional. It's totally an emotional, um, it will take you through the ringer, mm-hmm. but, but my books always have that little bit of humor and hope at the end. I, you know, I do not like to leave things in a dark place. I, I believe in that and I've been through the dark place with people and so I know that it's actually possible. That's not fantasy. Yeah, no matter how dark your life is, there is hope for you of a, of a happier thing going ahead. And so um, yeah, I will take my characters through all that and let them come I out just, the other
0: side. I'm just realizing that the one of the reasons of many that I felt so strongly about your book is that you end with a little bit of hope. I actually find much in life uh, to be hopeful about oh, you know absolutely. my dad has cancer right now but we have a great time you know there's dark things and we all go through them but i love a book that still gives you that hope to grasp onto at the end maybe that makes me a pollyanna but so be it i love it <laughs> so you guys if you haven't read it yet I'm still going to give you another chance. You can go out there and pick up a copy of everything you are on Amazon and you can read it and then you can let Carrie and I, Carrie Ann, Carrie Ann King or Carrie Schaefer, <laughs> and I know what you think about it because I think you're going to enjoy it. And this is the part of the show where I have to raise my right hand and say, this is a solely owned and copyrighted production of authors on the Air Global Radio Network with all thanks and glory to our producer, Pam Stack, yeah. she from whom all blessings flow. <laughs> And 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 again, thank you so much for coming on today. It was great to meet you in person. Thank you. This was super fun. A great way to start my day. Awesome. Awesome. And you guys, when you're out there this week, picking up a copy of Carrie Ann King's Everything You Are, next week, we're going to have Danielle Gerard and Expire. So you can also get that one. And make sure you're prepared to enjoy the discussion next week. And you can get out to my website, take a look at how to subscribe to the podcast, make a pitch, uh, make a pledge, pick up some other good books while you're there. Other than that, that's all I've got for you guys. I'll check you next week. Have a good one.